Warning. The following episode of Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium contains a scene of injury towards the end of the episode that some audiences may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com and find us on Twitter and Facebook. Welcome back to another episode of Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium. When we last left exactly one of our heroes, <laughs> Belle had just successfully defeated Gentian in a Poison-type gym battle and won hey. herself the Anti-Venom Badge, if I remember my notes correctly. Quick, yes. let me check on that. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! And uh, Myra evolved! Yes! Now she is the same height as you, because Nido Queen and Nido King are shockingly tiny. They're very yeah. short. Even hmm. though some, in uh, it doesn't make hmm. sense. They should be bigger. Yeah, because no, I, I like this. I, I, like... I remember the Nino King being depicted as pretty big in like what the like, anime the one person. Yeah, the anime. I like the idea that I could probably still lift one if I tried. <laughs> How much do they weigh? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Sixty kilograms. I give it the old college try. Listen, we stand a short queen. <laughs> That's 136 pounds. I'm not sure if Lindsay's lifting her. I might. New Twitter poll. Can you lift a Nido queen? <laughs> <laughs> but also, we left off on Gabriel heading into the sectioned off northern section of the Safari Zone, the Great Marsh, because an ornery scyther named Old man Andre has been terrorizing whoever goes in there, and the people who they sent in to get him haven't died. Phew. <laughs> and, and if he's able to catch or calm him down, then he will pass his uh, Pokemon Ranger exam, and Gabriel will be a Pokemon Ranger. And Yay. I don't think we even spoke to Julian last time. I don't really know. <laughs> Jillian is apparently trying to help Melvin catch a Pokemon. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm, help I'm helping Melvin become a better trainer. You're that tutorial NPC. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, look, I'm going to catch a Pokemon for you. Oh, I have a shiny Pokemon. Oh, the, the, the wild Pokemon is a shiny Pokemon, too. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a Rattata. Now hit the action button to open your inventory. Now once this is over, do not fly immediately to Cinnabar Island. When I was first playing Yellow, I got to Cinnabar Island by accident. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't 
it was it was way back in the day. I didn't think to look up any walkthroughs or anything. So I was just like, I was wandering around the region. I made my way back to Palatown. And I was like, oh, there's a lake here and I can surf now. I wonder if there's anything on the other side of this lake. You know what's on the other side of this lake? The ocean. <laughs> <laughs> then you found Anyways. a patch of grass. Entangela. Terry? Yo, are those the new J's? <laughs> Hey, what's what's Julian doing now? Well, we're we're probably in the marsh, marshy areas, but like the ones that aren't sectioned off, like open to the public. And we have like we have our safari balls, and I'm just trying to like guide Melvin along, and I definitely have Ibuki out because this is her kind of environment. And, and then, uh, actually, as soon as you bring Ibuki out, one of the uh, the rangers runs over to you. Um, actually, sir, we don't allow people to take their own Pokemon out just so we can preserve the environment. She a frog, though. She's just she's not going to attack anything. She's just going to hang out beside me. Well, as long as she's only out for the aesthetic. That's right, right? Frogadar! <laughs> Listen, I, I know I know it's tough, but rules are rules. And at least we're not like the Safari Zone in Kanto where we give you rocks to throw a Pokemon. Wait, they actually allow you to do that? That's messed up. What the hell's wrong with Kanto? They still do it, but when I was there as a kid, they were like, yeah, here's your Safari Balls, and here's some candies, and here's some rocks. Throw rocks at Chansey. Chansey's never done anything to hurt anyone. Throw rocks at Chansey. <laughs> Odd, strange, but yeah, we got it, sir. I don't think I could hit a Chansey. I don't think you could hit the broadside of broadside of a Storlax. Thank you, thank you, Gabe, from afar. <laughs> My dad said that I'd never be able to hit the barn side of a broad. <laughs> That was the last thing he ever said to me. Huh. Okay. Anyways, let's look around for some Pokemon. How about? Okay. And while you guys do that, we're going to zoom over to Gabriel for the rest of the episode. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Gabriel, how are you? Do oh, yeah. Gabriel, now that you are in the section alpha area, you are allowed to pull your own Pokemon out. Alright. Uh, I don't want to hold our... bring the whole squad out. I'm just going to think who would be best for the job. Uh, given the marsh, I bring out... I bro bring out my uh, tender-legged friends, Claw and Pinfall, uh, because they will have an e easier time walking through the marshes. And I'll bring out Meteora just so I have some sight above me. Robot! And I'll keep those three out. So, so Meteora pretty like immediately just heads to a higher altitude to keep an eye out, while the other two essentially flank you as you walk through the marsh, through the mud, through the muck. Yeah. I suppose what I, I should uh, 
my first thing is try to set up some sort of pathing system and trying to make sure I don't find myself going around in circles and maybe try to find out if I can find a path and try to find out where exactly the site they're deciding or taken home into. So that would uh wanna be a survival? Yes. Okay. Not my best at, but it's now you're average. Better than my intimidate. I got Nate. Alright, so you can't really suss out any manner of path or like tr ability to track the scyther, but you're able to get your bearings and keep them straight enough that you have you have a general idea where the entrance is and which direction you're going, so you're pretty confident that you won't be getting lost in here at least. Okay. Try to think what I can do here. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start marking a couple trees. Try to cement down the fact that I'm not gonna get lost. Yeah. So I can try to find my way back to the entrance once my once the uh, the task is complete. And so as you do continue walking through, and every so often just marking off one of the trees, you find a small copse of trees that have all been chopped down, basically. Oh, I'll probably go ahead and say that's probably his doings. I take a look at the 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 stumps, or is the the trees and the trees themselves still there, or is it just a clearing now? No, the the trees like there's nothing has happened to get rid of these trees, so it's like a big pile of felled timber. Some of them are starting to decompose, and there's some mold and lichen growing on some of them, but for the most part, it is just. A pile of timber and a bunch of stumps. Alright, I take a look at the points of uh, the stumps and then the ends of the trees just to see what exactly took them down, just to kind of figure it out. And it, it looks like they were kind of hacked apart. Like, someone with a really big axe just kept slamming it into the tree randomly. And they all fell in the same direction as well. So... Basically, it kind of looks like they were hacking at them to get them out of their way. Huh. Alright. I'm going to go ahead in the direction that the trees seem to be collapsed in. Alright. I'll have you roll a perception. Okay. Slightly better. Okay. Eleven. Alright. With an eleven you are able to actually, like, when you start going in this direction, you do see, like, a path laid out. Like, if you look further ahead, you can see another bunch of trees that fell over. And then if you keep going that way, you see another. And you're able to keep going that direction. Uh, but you do also hear something rustling in the underbrush as you go along. Huh. Pinfall, you mind heading over to that underbrush over there and seeing... What seems to be the commotion? Araquinid. And so Pinfall does a deep, 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 very, very <laughs> daintily steps on all the solid ground <laughs> and goes over to the bushes and they do a little rustle, rustle, rustle. And Pinfall does like pokes his leg under and lifts it up and there's nothing there. Okay. 
Or do you want to roll another perception? Yeah, I, I, th I think there's there's something that caused that. Another 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, all, all you can see is like some scattered twigs and like rocks and like a zigzaggy red line and like mud and puddles. There's really nothing that stands out. Okay, all right. Thanks, Pin. We'll just keep going. Ah, Granny. And drops the bush. <laughs> Wait, did the bush just make a noise? <laughs> Pinfold turns back and lifts the bush up again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, the bush itself. I, I take a look at the bush that Pinfold has. It's it's just a bush. Oh, okay. I'm just hearing things then. Okay. All right. We'll continue on then. All right. So you guys head on your merry way. Let's do a quick cut to Julian. All right. How's our how's our pokey hunting go? You know, let's see. Let let me let me see how your Pokemon hunting goes. So you and Melvin are walking through the marsh into a darker, more covered in foliage part. Hmm. And you, there's something makes a noise a few feet in front of you. Oh, hold up. You have your, you have your survivors. Frog. Sounds like a frog friend around. Go, Melvin, search. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll see what's happening. And Melvin wanders into the foliage, like parts and bushes with his hands, and looks around. Oh, I don't think I see any! And then, like, oh, there's a flash of purple as he gets punched in the face by a Pokemon. <laughs> oh! Pokedex! Dilly-dee, dilly-dee! Toxicroak, the toxic mouth Pokemon. Oh, it no! It toward a... It bounces toward opponents and gouges them with poisonous claws. No more than a scratch is needed to knock out its adversaries. Oh, crap. Uh, Melvin, you okay? <sighs> Toxic Croak was not who I wanted to find. I was hoping for a Krogunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ibuki, make peace with frog kind. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me find Ibuki's stats. What's Ibuki's charm look like? <laughs> uh, I don't think she has a charm. Um, hmm. What would it be? I feel like a... What kind of role would that be? How about this? What is your charm at? My charm is six. Okay, so let's say that her charm is 2d6 plus 6 because you're able to rub off on your Pokemon that don't have it. Okay. Woof. Almost min. Uh, that is 9 total. Frogadier! 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 Croak! Toxic croak! Frogadier! Uh, Toxic croak. 
kind of looks at Ibuki, Melvin, looks at Ibuki, the you, the Melvin, and then punches Melvin again. Uh, oh god. Um and then Toxic Oak just hops back into the woods and Melvin like sits straight up. Ah! Dude, are you okay? I don't know. I think I got I think I got a venom punch. I don't even know if that's a move, but that's... it punched me with its venom. And think then I think it unpunched me. Uh would that be like a Pokemon education to figure out what move that was? No, this is Tanner saying I can't remember if the move is called Venom Punch. Oh, it would be uh, Poison Jab. Poison Jab. Yeah, Poison Jab me? And that unpoison jabbed me, I think. I think these ones, if you don't have a Pokemon with you, are just gonna be kicking your ass the whole time. Let's let's try for a place outside of the uh outside of this area. Uh we'll come back to it. We'll train your boys your 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 team up, but Let's find you a Pokemon outside of the marsh, then. And I like okay. pick him up and like let's let's get out of here, buddy. <laughs> I oh, do a quick perception check just to see like is there any weaklings that I could throw a Pokeball at and give it to him? <laughs> yeah, do your perception. Oh God, not not hot today. Um, that's an eight. Do you see a magic carp just flopping in the middle of the walkway? Garp, garp, magic carp. Oh boy, you have a theme, my friend. Alright. I'm giving this one to you. And I throw the Pokeball at it. Roll to catch. Seventeen. Oh good, you catch the magic carp. I would have been kind of sad if that was a that was a one. <laughs> so you just hand the Pokeball over to Melvin. Yeah, it's like no, nah, that's yours. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks. What should okay. I name him? Um. Do do you already name your Pokemon, or do you have any any ideas? I I need my I need my Zigzagoon uh, Ziggy. I had Ziggy Stardust. Uh, oh, I, it was just because I liked the noise. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Carpo. Oh, that's a cute name. It'll be funny when it evolves. If it evolves. <laughs> I can't wait for it to evolve into Sharpedo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey narrator, can we uh can we switch over? <laughs> yes, one moment. <laughs> so we pan over. It's a very far pan. We got to go the whole length of the marsh to get back to Gabriel. Ooh. But we get back to Gabriel. It does one of those thematic pans that goes through the woods, and then it just gets a little bit darker, and then all of a sudden we're in Gabriel's scene. <laughs> Gabriel, roll me a perception or roll me a focus. It's a 2d6 plus 2. So your perception is better. Okay, perception it is. Aha! Better than 11. I got a 15. So on a 15, as you're walking through these woods, you see something out of the corner of your eye that doesn't quite make sense on account of it's like 
a shiny pale blue. And it's not water because it's like standing. It, it's an object standing in the middle of the woods. Weird. I I try. I approach. I approach it. Uh, I approach it cautiously. And as you get closer, you realize that this is a Pokemon, or rather, it's a group of Pokemon. It's a bunch of Shroomish, and they're all kind of stacked on top of one another, but they've all been frozen. Wait, what? I kind of done that. Then uh, I got a Pokedex just because I'm not aware of this Pokemon too much. Tilly dee, tilly dee, Shroomish, the mushroom Pokemon. If it senses danger, it scatters spores from the top of its head to protect itself. These spores can cause pain all over if inhaled. Ugh. No, nothing in the decks that mentions about freezing themselves, so... Alright. Curiously, I I get closer and try to inspect what, what may have happened to these Pokemon. Roll a Pokemon education. Oh, yeah. oh right. So. Oh, they're bringing up. Yeah, okay. Here comes all the snake eyes. Snake eyes. Boom, I got a big old 19. <laughs> That's still pretty good. So, one of 19. Based on the. Like how they look, because it looks like they were frozen mid something or other. They weren't expecting it, and there was there's like little icicles sticking out at angles. And based on the trajectory of these icicles and the the looks on their faces and all that, you 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 gauge that they were hit by some kind of ice type move out of nowhere from a slightly upwards trajectory, not related to the trajectory of the path that you have been following to track down old man Andre. Hmm. All right. Well, before I decide to go off anywhere, uh, what can I do to help them? Uh, I'm gonna bring out Blaze, and I'm going to. All right, Blaze. Um, cast or play or use Flame Wheel, but like as weak as you possibly can. <laughs> Sizzlepy. We want to warm these guys up. So Blaze like curls into a wheel and starts heating up and then just rolls and sits slightly close to the ice. <laughs> and you do see it start to like warm up and trickle and melt and all that. Right. I'm going to take my distance because I assume that as soon as they become aware that they can move again, they might spread their spores. It's like, Blaze, be careful if they, they might retaliate as soon as they uh, start moving again. Once I know that they can start slightly moving, I'm going to back off and I'm going to let them the be the be. I don't want any prey, uh, any hunting Pokemon have an easy meal on them. All right, so the Shroomish, they they start to, their heads get free of the ice and they start to like, try to start wriggling themselves out. And they're they're starting to pop out. They're all like, still very cold and stuff, and actually some of them start gathering closer to Blaze so that they can warm up a bit easier. <laughs> Once all the ice is clear and they've all been freed up, they're all basically they've gathered around in a circle around Blaze. But it's not a furry <laughs> ring because they're not holding hands, so that's okay. 
And then once that's done, like the biggest one walks up to Blaze and pulls something out of like its fungusness or whatever <laughs> and hands it to him. <laughs> and Blaze gently takes it in his two frontistmost legs <laughs> and waddles over to you. Good job, buddy. Oh, what do you got there? The item. And it holds the item up, and it is. Oh, let me find it. There it is. It is a Yachi Berry. Ooh, I don't have nice. one of those. It's a, a blue with like light and dark blue splotches over it. Y A C H E. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've really got to start using my my portable berry farm thingamajigger. Oh, shoot. I think there is a... Uh, it's probably... Uh, I've got to get a weak harvest out of it. I've forgotten about it. Oh, whatever. That's not... You, you've never harvested it. Hmm? I don't think you've ever harvested it. No. <laughs> this is going to become like it. a little hoppish, little shop of horrors. Like, ah. you, you keep mentioning you made that you Aubrey should look too. at it and you never do. Yeah. <laughs> But that was not the time. Oh, what well, do you right. know? You had a bountiful har- harvest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, roll. Actually, is it okay if I roll Claws Athletics? Why, sure. Or actually, hang on. Oh, shoot. Okay, first off, I dropped one. There it is. Second off, actually, no. I will have you roll Claws Athletics, which is 46 plus 2. 46 plus 2. 16. Ooh, I got a 17. So, the shroomish, which had just been, like, wandering around, they hear something, and they book it out of there as fast as they can. It's not very fast. And (laughs) you hear something rushing towards you, and before you can react, Claw tries to whip out his claw to block (laughs) the attack. And a flash of green smashes into Claw and knocks him back several feet. Not like head over heels, but just like sliding. Whoa. You okay, Claw? Standing in front of you, haggard and battered, breathing heavily and looking pissed off as fuck, is a Scyther. You must be Andre. Scyther! I try to, I, I straighten up. I try not to look big and threatening. First off, I'm going to try to mediate this as best as I can. But at the same time, I'm trying to maintain our distance between one another. Easy there. I don't mean you any harm. Say. I've come to help. The Scyther doesn't, doesn't seem to be responding to you. It's just looking around, looking very angry. Is is there something or or someone that's gotten you all riled up? Roll your charm. Okay. All right, I'm gonna use my Pokey Psychologist uh, since I'm tr- trying to charm a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, it's too dice. 
23. All right, so Scyther seems to have calmed down a bit, but is still not looking at you, just kind of stomping all around this little clearing. Uh, also, Claw is like has scuttled up next to you, and him and Pinfall are standing very protectively beside you. Claw has his one claw like guarding you, and Pin has the two front legs just going. <laughs> but Scyther is not looking at you guys at all. Is just kind of stalking around. Scy, Scyther, Scyther. Oh, the ice before. Is there an ice Pokemon that you're worried about around these parts? Uh, and at the word ice, Andre looks in your direction. Not at you, just kind of in your direction. Say! Oh, that, that wasn't me. I just found some shroomish that were frozen. Say! I can try to help you find whatever caused that. And the Andre turns around and starts walking away, and you see it bop into a tree in front of it, and it just lets out a howl of rage, and it starts smacking at the tree with both of its claws. Say, 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 say. And eventually the tree gets chopped off like. And it has been chopped down in like 30 seconds. Jeez. Well, that confirms the trees. <laughs> Wait, are you. Are you hard of seeing? Did you forget the word blind? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yes. <laughs> Well, I, d I didn't want to use the word blind because he was looking in my direction. Oh, also, I can't remember if that was told to me. Was he bl was I told that he was blind or? No, this is no, this okay. is new information to you. OK. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Andre like turns a little bit towards you and you, like now that you look, you can see there's like a scar going right across the center of his head and mm. both of his eyes are that milky white color. But you can also hear like the little nubbins on the side of his head, like they're twitching a lot. And whenever there's even the slightest noise, they twitch in that direction. Oh, okay. How about I be your eyes? I can help. I can help you not bump into things as, as, I think you might be doing far more often than you would you would appreciate. And Andre like flings his one of his knife hands at you is like, I don't need your help. I got knives <laughs> for hands. Oh, you listen to me, old whippersnapper. I've got knives for hands and I don't need helps from zoomers like you. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, he just he keeps walking. Are you going to follow him? Or yeah, I'm, you, oh. I, I'm gonna follow at, at about a safe distance, about like about four or five scythers apart. <laughs> this is what we call scyther distancing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while we're doing that, let's cut back to 
Jillian and Melvin, or as I like to call them, Jelvian. <laughs> That's a weird one. <laughs> That's a weird one, narrator. Uh, I think we're at like, like just outside of Pastoria, like in the marshy areas, but like not at the Great Marsh. Uh, the Kitty Marsh. The the Kitty Marsh for babies. <laughs> there is actually a little playground in there, on one of the solid spots. Okay, Mel, buddy. Because I am worried about your safety, even around normal strength Pokemon, I'm going to loan you a buddy of mine. Oh, man, that's really nice of you, Julian. Uh, and I will be loaning him Bebop. Recon 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bebop, this is Melvin. I'm not sure if you've actually met Melvin, but anyways, you're, you're going to be hanging around him. You know, just watch his back, uh, make sure he doesn't get into trouble, and if uh, you guys get into any fights with any uh, Pokemon, you know what to do. Porygon 2. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Bebop. Hi, my name's Melvin. And Melvin holds out a hand, and uh, Bebop extends a flipper. So apparently Bebop's technically like a duck. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it reaches out its wing and shakes Melvin's hand and makes the Lepa startup noise. <laughs> good, good. Anyways, let's go look for some Pokemon around here. They should be more around your level. And that's when, like, oh, you see a little kid run past to their parent. Mommy, mommy, look at the Pokemon I caught! And this giant scorpion monster, like, rushes out of the underbrush. <laughs> okay, I'm very glad I'm, gi I'm giving you Bebop on this one. <sighs> oh, boy. Well, <gasps> Pokedex! Delete, delete. Scrapion, the ogre scorpion Pokemon. It has the power in its clawed arms to make scrap of a car. The tips of its claws release poison. Even though it can tear foes apart, it finishes them off with this powerful poison. Alright, cool. Nice. Nice. Good catch, kid. Thanks! And the kid is playing patty cake with the Drapion. Wild. Drapion, 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 Drapion. Alright. I'm going to try and find a Pokemon for Melvin to hopefully fight and win. <laughs> Are you keeping an eye on him or have you split up? Uh, I very much trust Bebop uh, to take care of Melvin while I'm gone. Uh, but because we are in a dangerous area, uh, I do have my trusty old buddy Grim out. We'll actually go with Kate Sith then, actually. Okay, yeah. So... Kate Sith comes out of her Pokeball. You see a little tremor, and she looks at you with a little bit of concern, a little bit of pity. Listen, I get it. I get it. We'll be okay. I trust us. I trust Bebop. You trust Bebop, right? Absol. Absol. Okay. And then in the distance, you hear Melvin go, Oh, hey, what's this thing? And then just a string of error noises. 
<laughs> Come on, let's find a Pokemon. <laughs> um, so I guess I, I could use. Um, I oh, you know what? We can use a Cases uh, Tracker uh, capability. Uh, Pokemon trafficking can sense strong smells. Strong sense of smell that you can use to follow our Pokemon or people. Uh, so I guess that would be like a perception check, right? For her? To pick up a random scent from nothing, a perception check of 14 or better will allow the Pokemon to follow the scent. To pick up a specific scent from nothing, a perception check of 20 will allow the Pokemon to follow that scent. Okay. That's a 15. All right. So, Kate Sith. And she spots something, and she starts going, like, towards the edge of a larger pond and just sniffing around in there. And then at some point she's... Oh! I, uh, I... Can I at least, like, see Melvin? Or am I just gone now? You you can't see Melvin, but you can recognize like Bebop from a distance because it is bright pink. Yeah. Uh I tried to like kinda like wave like over over here. Over here. But like not make too much noise. And so Bebop, like eventually you like you hear crashing through, you see Melvin and Bebop like Desperately holding its flippers out, its wings out to try and like keep him from collapse, falling over, tripping over something, and every time it's a near miss, you just hear the air noise again. <laughs> bong bong. <laughs> I was like, okay, shh, shh. Kate Sith might have found something, and so Kate Sith trots back to the two of you, and she like gestures to. A lily pad floating in the pond, and then she also gestures to a figure that you can just barely make out perched on a tree branch. Tree branch. That could be a bird. That's bad news for me. Uh, go for the lily pad. Okay. Bebop, use Hyper Beam! Doesn't have that. <laughs> use Pepper Breath! That that that's that's Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Flame. Here's Thundaga. You're close, close on that one. Uh, Team up, get him. Yeah, you know yeah, sure, whatever. That means Thunderbolt. Putting on two, and Bebop like <laughs> orients itself. The the bill like crackles with electricity and then and directly at the lily pad and you see like bursting out of the water a little blue duck thing attached to the lily pad with tiny little legs. Pokedex. Jilly Jilly Lotad, the water weed Pokemon. It looks like an aquatic plant. And serves as a fairy to Pokemon that can't swim. Oh, that's a good Pokemon. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> You've oh, got a Pokeball, okay. right? 
Huh? You've got Pokeballs, right? No, I don't have any Pokemons left. <laughs> All I have is the Ultra Balls that they gave me at Logos as a bonus. I'm sorry. And that still works. <laughs> that that catches Pokemon. <laughs> I suppose Yay. those would do. <laughs> yes, use the Ultra Ball on the low tag. <laughs> Ultra Ball, go! Not 20. Yeah! <laughs> yes! The Ultra Ball flies directly past the Lotad. Huh? It hits a tree. Ricochets. <laughs> hits another tree. Ricochets. Ding, ding. It hits a rock. Ricochets. Plonk. It hits the tree branch. Ricochets. A hoot hoot falls out and looks at Julian with a menace. Oh no! I didn't do anything! <laughs> it hits it flies and hits the playground and ricochets. <laughs> it hits Julian while he's being pecked to death. <laughs> ricochets and plunges directly into the center of the pond underwater. <laughs> That's one hell of a throw you got there. Are you sure you didn't pick up baseball? No, I lost interest because there weren't any holes to another dimension in it. That's baseball. <laughs> and then the Ultra Ball flies back out of the pond and smacks Melvin directly in the face. Ow! <laughs> can I tell if there's anything in there? You can, because it's still doing the... You caught something. I have no idea what it could be. <laughs> I'm somewhat afraid to find out what that could be. But this is your Pokemon. You do the honors, my friend. Show us okay. what you got. <laughs> Pokemon, I choose you. And... An enormous yellow pineapple duck with a lily pad hat bursts out of the Pokeball. Ludicolo! Ludi Ludicolo! <laughs> Pokedex! <laughs> Ludicolo, the carefree Pokemon. The Ludicolo be begins dancing as soon as it hears cheerful, festive music. This Pokemon is said to appear when it hears the singing of children on hiking outings. The rhythm of bright festive music activates its cells, making it more powerful. I just start playing, like, mariachi music. <laughs> no, I, I start playing Mere Beast theme! <laughs> <laughs> and Ludicolo immediately starts dancing. <laughs> Dude, you caught a Ludicolo! Oh, that's so cool! Finally, a bird Pokemon of my very own! <laughs> oh, don't say that when you already have one. And then Ludicolo grabs Julian by the legs and starts flinging him around his head. With <laughs> <celebration>. <laughs> And Gabriel, we'll switch over to you, as you swear you can hear Julian, like, 
screaming in the distance. <laughs> oh, I hope the others are doing all right without me. <laughs> all right. So, how how are you doing? How how's your party doing? Uh, given I f I've found who I'm looking for, I'm going to return Meteora. I'm going to try to decrease some of the numbers because I get with with you know if with me following him, I'm adding extra news noise pollution to him. I don't need like the flapping of Meteora's wings. You know, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to return Pinfall as well. It's just me and Claw. And you guys keep walking every so often, like. When Andre is starting to approach a tree, like Claw goes up to it and just starts whacking on it himself to like get it started. <laughs> and Andre hasn't really looked at you at all, but every so often, like you're pretty sure he gives Claw a nod of approval. <laughs> hmm. Um, roll your perception. Eighteen. So with an eighteen, you are just able to hear like a high-pitched ping in the distance, and you feel like a gust of cold air approaching you, and you duck out of the way before like a beam of ice tears right through the spot that you were at. Whoa. I immediately look towards the source of the the ice beam. You you see a pair of glowing red eyes first as something begins stomping out with mechanical noises. <laughs> Densect. Uh-oh. Oh, one of these alone. Alright, no, uh I'm going to if I need rank, maybe range. I'm gonna bring out rock. Machunk! Still not quite sure what its typings are. Or an insect. Oh yeah, I, f I figured that much out. I can't remember if we if we ran a Pokedex on this thing, if it had any information on it before. You probably uh, did. You yeah. did. Okay. No, yeah, claw and rock should be good. I feel safe enough with the two of them out. Alright, but just as you're bringing Rock out, Andre, like, dives past you and, like, immediately starts trying to attack the Gensect. But yeah, Andre's just, like, they're basically sword fighting with their claws. Andre can... The clash of chitin on steel. Throwing caution to the wind, I, 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 go, I run up with my both my Pokemon, and I'm gonna try to figure out what uh, why one why there's a Genesect here, and two to try to f uh, prevent any harm to Andre. All right, roll me an athletics. Got a ten. All right, so you you rush up just as the Genesect like does a slash at Andre, and Andre's knocked back. And you run in front of Andre to put some space between them. And Genesec does not care. And it slashes at you. Oh, shit. 
and you feel some searing pain. You fall to the ground, your your Pokemon both look pretty in shock. Andre doesn't care. Andre has already gotten up and jumped up, and now Andre is standing in front of you. Say I, and Chalk, I, I I grab onto what the uh, where the pain is generating from. Still not Yeah, I, I just trying to get my re- uh, uh, regain my composure. Alright, are are we fighting or what's the plan here? Uh yes. The Gensect already went, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, made their move. So next is actually going to be Andre. Andre is going to use an aerial ace. So Andre runs up, does a bit of a feint with one claw, and then slashes at the face of the Gensect with the other. And it's a pretty solid hit, but Genesect is still doing pretty well. Next up is going to be Claw. Alright. Okay, we're going to start it off with a Razor Shell. Eleven. What's Razor, razor Shell's AC? Three. Yeah, that will hit. Oh, it had to be an even number. Dang. Alright, so that would be 46 attack. So yeah, taking advantage of the opening that Aerial Ace gave him, Claw runs in pretty much right underneath Andre and slams his claw into the Genesect. That's a solid enough hit that actually it looks like Genesect has already been punched into the yellow. And now it is Rock's turn. He's going to move in and he's going to try to go in for a seismic toss. That's a 10. Yeah, that will hit. Rock grabs the Genesect by the arms and just flips over and slams it into the ground. And this is where you notice that Rock and Claw look extremely uh, like a mix of angry and a little terrified. Oh, jeez. Now it's the Gensect's move. Gensect looks like it is lining up an attack on you directly, but then Andre runs in with a quick attack, and that is going to miss. Andre, like, tries to run at the Gensect, but he runs at where it was, not where it is. And so, while he's looking around confused, like, you see a bunch of, like, grids and lines appear in Gensect's eyes, and it it's canon. Because remember how it has a fucking cannon on its back? It targets directly, <laughs> directly at Andre. And it launches a tri-attack. Uh, like, a red, blue, and yellow beam burst out of it. And it is a direct hit. When the light clears, you can see that Andre is now frozen solid like the Shroomish. No, it's them. It was him. It was him all along. But now it is Claw's turn. Alright. I'm gonna see if I can get it today. Today is a new day. Need to get this done right away. I'm gonna try to go in for a guillotine. Today's the day. Using the daily move. Uh, no, yeah, after all, D100. I gotta bust out those two dice. I got 33. Claw rears back his huge claw and it glows a sinister silver 
and slashes it towards the Genesect, but the Genesect ducks out of the way and it just slices through a series of trees and those all collapse <laughs> behind as the Genesect <laughs> glares at y'all. But fortunately, Rock is able to take advantage of this, so what is Rock's move now? I'm just going to go with a uh, low kick. Oh, almost a crit. 19. So how much damage does that do? Uh, it's equal to twice the target's weight class, plus two. Target's weight class. Okay, hang on. Let me go scrounge that up, because I didn't have that pulled up. So that's damage base 8. 19 plus attack. Oh, it still puts okay. 40. So Rock runs up and kicks the Genesect. Sweep the leg. You <laughs> do actually. Sweep the leg. <laughs> you do actually hear some metal tear as the Genesect, like, crumples, but is still standing. <laughs> and the cannon, like, rears up again and it points it at Claw and fires. No! And that hyper beam is going to hit. Ooh. That is 67 special normal damage. So 55. Okay. Uh, 32. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out just as soon as you said it. <laughs> I was mathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hyper beam slams into Claw, sends them tumbling deep into the marsh. Oof. Now it is Andre's turn. Let's see if Andre can unfreeze himself. No, Andre is still frozen stiff. Oof. So now it would be Claw's turn, actually. No, no, his last move was guillotine. Yeah, no, he's gonna go in for another razor shell. 16. That will hit. Ooh, and it's even. Yeah, so Lord's defense from combat speed. How much damage does that do? That's uh, another 46. Physical. So that doesn't even matter, because as Claw comes roaring back out of the woods after being blasted with a hyperbeam, Claw glows blue and just cleaves the face of the Gensect right off. <laughs> <laughs> you just see a mangled, like, twisted metal, and you see some sparks fly and loose wires. That <laughs> keels over, and smoke starts billowing out. Oh. Gabriel, your right hand is wet. Oh, jeez, the wound. What happened to me? And your left side is a lot lighter. What? Lighter how? You look down, because you, you said that you had just grabbed where the wound was, and you hadn't actually looked at it. You were just giving orders to your Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Well, now you see that where most of your right arm used to be, there's just a bloody stump. That's not supposed to be like that.
thank you for listening to Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PKNN underscore Millennium, where you can also join our Discord. You can support the podcast on Patreon.com slash PKNN Millennium. We'd like to thank our current supporters on Patreon. Rookie Trainer Scott M. Novice Trainers Lisa Littlebear, Lindsay Mitchell, and Eli. And Ace Trainers MF Dilly D and Crimson Lotus 21. We'd like to thank the creators of Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri, Ken Sugimori, and Junichi Matsuda. We'd also like to thank the PTU dev team for making a game for us to play. We are a non-profit, fan-based parody. Pokemon is owned by The Pokemon Company, Game Freak, Creatures Incorporated, and Nintendo.